1: Yo oh. Yo oh. Yo Tony Shivani we got the party we about party. Hey everybody! Welcome to AEW
0: Unrestricted, the official podcast of all of the wrestling. I am here, Aubrey Edwards, with my coffee and my wonderful co-host Alex Zapantes, who I have just learned has seven lights for his setup.
1: Yeah, a minimum of seven, soon to be eight, and you just never know. By the time we have our next Unrestricted, I might just have more.
0: I mean, like most people at AEW have a problem with buying shoes, but you apparently have a problem
1: with buying lights. I, I think I have an issue. Yeah, you I do. might have to. Uh, Seek some professional help.
0: Yeah, I'll send you the link to my $5 Amazon ring lights. We we can peel it
1: back. Sometimes less is more.
0: Speaking of peeling back, we're talking to a guy who peeled back his mask and threw it at a small child. Awful. This fucking
1: asshole.
0: Preston Vance. Good morning, sir.
1: What's up, guys? (laughs) What an an intro. Thanks, Aubrey. I promise to be on my best behavior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am no longer a fan of this man. I'm just going to put it out there. I was never really a fan of you, though. All right. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Touche.
0: Okay. I'm just going to sit back and listen.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, we got, the, we got the best manager in Jose, so. Oh, who's that?
0: Oh, snap.
1: Oh, man. Oh, is that the guy who gets you your coffee and does your laundry? Oh, man. It's the guy who constantly has his iPad broken. Anyway, let's get <laughs> on to the real conversation here, Vance. Because, listen, I know we don't get along. We don't. We'll put that to the side. But you do have a great story. You got a great back history, and I think a lot of people want to know a little bit more about the Perro Peligroso. And I'm dying to find out who gave you that name anyway. Yeah. So, Aubrey, please take it away here while I kind of just calm down.
0: Sure. Okay. So why did you decide to be an asshole on national television and remove your mask and throw it at the feet of a 10-year-old child?
1: Oh, well,
2: like I'll, I'll touch on right now who gave me the, the awesome name, and it was actually Chris Jericho came up with it. Whoa! Yeah. So, uh, I've heard of him. Whatever he says is like gold. Cause he's been doing it forever. Yeah. Okay. He's a good dude. Any advice Jericho gives, I'm, I'm listening to. Yeah. And then he kind of, he kind of helped a lot with the whole unraveling of it. I would go to him every week in his office. And man, we were, we were supposed to do it months before it happened. And, you know, stuff out of everyone's control just kept happening. We were going to do it in Jacksonville because that's kind of like the home of AEW for a while. So I thought it'd be cool to do it there. And we did Thanksgiving weekend in Chicago. And I'm like, well, that's a huge, huge show, huge weekend. Perfect. So I feel like the dark order was getting very, we weren't going anywhere. So I was, I wanted to do something. I never knew Roosh before this or Jose. Uh, Roosh is honestly probably top five funniest guys in the locker room.
0: I could go on about how much I love Roosh. Like,
2: just such he's, a good dude. He's the best. <laughs> His charisma is out of control. So I don't know. We're having fun though. I like, I like working with them a lot. It's different. And also a learning curve because uh, my Spanish is not fluent or very existent at all. So it's fun to, uh, to, you know, put stuff together with, with him. Jose is a huge help with the the translating and stuff, obviously, but I will give Bruce credit. He does say he
1: practices his, his English every single day. And you can tell each week it gets way better. So how did this actually come to be? when did, you know, when was the first idea thrown at you? Tell us a little about that. I remember I was somewhere backstage and um, Andrade pulled
2: me aside and was like, Hey, I'm going to go to Tony. I want you with us. Ooh. I, was like, I think you look cool in a suit. Take off the mask. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I was doing the the 10 thing for at that point, like three years. So I was pretty ready to change. I never liked wearing the mask. I never wore it before AEW. It's like hard to kind of connect with the people when you're under a mask. There are pros and cons to it. A pro is you never have to worry about facial expressions or anything. But the the con is, I mean, you literally, I mean, it's hard to show any sort of enthusiasm. It's all body language, body language. And so I'm pretty glad I'm done with the, the mask.
0: Just to put over Alex's boys for a second. It's one of the things I really love about Penta and Phoenix is you can connect with them so well, despite having yeah. the masks. And it's one of those things that I don't think fans of wrestling fully like appreciate that people in masks who can, Connect with the audience. It's so incredibly difficult, yeah, to do. So uh, I commend you on that, you asshole. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep calling you an asshole through this whole thing. <laughs> oh, I, I've,
2: been, I've been called a lot worse on Twitter, so it's fine. <laughs> oh well, I mean,
0: well, we all have. So <laughs> there's that. So before you were um, a complete asshole and completely destroyed your relationship with uh, Brody Lee Jr., you guys were like inseparable like literally like best friends. And he's like walking around backstage with a shirt off, just like being like a little tiny wrestler. We're all just like, okay, give him eight years. He'll be here. He'll open challenge for the TNT title. Like <laughs> this kid's like crazy. So I know that that was sort of near the the end of Brody's illness, just from like a timeline perspective. Like how did you end up connecting with negative one in the first
2: place? It was kind of uh, weird because like a lot of people think that you know, me and Brody were, were related or I've known them my whole life. Like I didn't meet Brody till, um, I came to AEW. He's actually the one who got me signed technically. So I did one dark match with Darby Allen in Jacksonville, right in the beginning of the pandemic. And then we did those six weeks of TV in Georgia at QT school. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't signed, but the first night I was there, like before, like working out and stuff and Brody walked in it was the first time I ever met him and we started talking about, uh, about hockey drinking Tito's and so it's like two things we really connected on and he was like uh (laughs) hockey and Tito's he goes up to QT and uh and Cody at the time and was like hey is this guy does he have a trial with WWE or like like what's basically like what's wrong with him why isn't he signed and then they're like oh like I don't know like whatever so Brody's like well I want I want him with me put him with me out like take him under my wing on screen and off screen so that's how that happened towards like when he started getting sick and and little Brody and Amanda would come to the shows I remember walking by them in the hall and I like said, hi, whatever. I don't think they knew who I was. And then when I put on the full 10 stuff, Brody was walking by and he goes, mom, that's 10. So then after that, he was really, really like, I think as a kid, you know, you see your dad with someone on TV and then you kind of relate, well, that's like real life is right hand man type of thing. So I Mm. think, you know, in in the whole group, I think Brody kind of sees a piece of his dad in all of us. Cause that's kind of was his creation. So I think, I think that's why. And also I'm, don't take anything seriously. So I'm kind of just like a big kid. So I think he could connect with me on that where like he was going through a hard time and I could kind of make him just like be a kid and, and forget about stuff. Well, that was super cool of you back then. How did you get the name 10 Brody's whole thing? I don't know if you remember when he came here and was doing the Mr. Brody Lee, he was kind of a knock on um, the other company, how they only look for like athletes and they don't care if, about, if you were a wrestler or whatever. So, he gave me the name Ten because he's like you're like exactly what the other place looks for the cookie cutter how you look how you wrestle so you're like the perfect ten so then he came up with Ten but before that when I when I did the dark match with uh, Darby my so my real name's Cody wasn't allowed to use that
0: huh, wonder why
2: fair so the young bucks actually came up with the name Preston because they said that they had a, a friend in high school who was like the jock and also kind of like an arrogant prick and they're like you look like a preston and i'm like i'll take it i don't care <laughs> and then uh charlie from props he's like dude the number 10 is in press 10 so maybe you should make that like your whole thing i'm like oh that's smart so then that's how that came about that's awesome
0: damn that's actually really smart shout out to charlie and the bucks uh yeah. bucks especially for realizing early on that you are an asshole <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was destined to be, I mean, they, they just started it. And then eventually <laughs> things turned out for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, do you have any like fun, uh, Mr. Brody Lee
2: stories or memories? Doing the BTE with, with him was the best.
0: Hmm. Dark order and the BTE. Oh my God.
2: Because he would, when he was on doing the skits with us, we'd always start breaking and we'd laugh. But then when we were doing our own thing and he wasn't like part of the scene, he would still be in the corner just dying laughing and then he we kept having to do so many takes because like he would make us laugh and his laugh was like not a quiet laugh at all like it would boom the whole whole place so it's like dude we can hear you <laughs> like you're <laughs> literally laughing you know uh, but he was awesome he just he had such a contagious like energy about him like like when he would smile it would light up literally light up a whole room and he's one of the only people maybe the only person i've ever heard in pro wrestling where no one say like one bad thing about yeah so true. He made wrestling almost come secondary and like like for me like outside looking in like I would rather be remembered as like the good person that everybody likes to be around and have fun than
1: the best wrestler that everybody hates type thing. I want to know when you guys were doing the dark order skits back in the pandemic, did you guys know that you were onto something? You know, did you know that it was eventually going to be what really kind of brought, you know, the dark order back to life if you will? Uh, no, we were we were shocked because we were just goofing around having fun. And
2: then that's one of the good things about social media because stuff like that can happen. I think there's way more bad that comes with social media, but there are the goods like that helped a ton. The BTE stuff started carrying over to like actual like TV. Right. No, we did not think it was going to help us in that, in that regard at all. We were just having fun because those days in Jacksonville were so long. Like we'd be there till 2, 3 in the morning sometimes. So we didn't have anything to do. So we just would film stuff. And it ended up working out a lot for us.
0: I think it was funny that era, like BTE, because once we knew that we were sort of going back on the road, I think everybody's like, well, where do we film? Because we just have like Mm -hmm. that one room. Yeah. Or like those two rooms, like there's like the red bar and then there's the other one that sort of leads into like the main seating area. And it's like, yeah, that's like the set for BTE. Like, what are we going to do? We're so screwed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We talk about that all the time. Like, I forgot who I was talking to. I think uh, Britt Baker last week. We were saying how like, People who weren't here during the Jacksonville era don't understand. Like du- during the time, everyone's like, man, this kind of sucks. Like we're just in the same place every week. But now we're kind of like, I would love to go back there. Like, like we were so close. That's how like everybody became friends and developed relationships. And yeah, like looking back now, I was like, man, I would, I would do that for like a few weeks in a row. And now I live in Jacksonville, so it'd be super easy, but
0: yeah like it's funny you mentioned earlier like tito's yeah (laughs) and that's one of the like jacksonville memories is just walking on the fourth floor and just seeing that giant bottle of tito's it's like oh yeah fourth floor party here we go (laughs) exactly grab a glass go out to the balcony here we go this is awesome uh despite him being an asshole we're having an awesome conversation with preston vance here on aew unrestricted coming up much much more
1: Hey, it's Alex and I'll be back here, Unrestricted, talking to El Perro Peligroso, Preston Vance, who uh, is having a fun time reminiscent about our Jacksonville days. Those were some good times. We uh, we certainly bonded quite a bit all together uh, backstage. But I wanted to ask you about Reynolds and Silver Mm -hmm. because you formed quite a trio with them. From what I have been told, it's one of your, I guess, favorite memories about being able to team up with them. So tell us a little bit about that combination, because obviously there's quite a bit of different combinations of Dark Order, and you seem to really gel with those two. Uh, Yes, so Silver is uh, probably the funniest dude in the whole company. Oh yeah,
2: (laughs) what you see, that's that's him for real. I don't know. We just had this dynamic of like, you know, Silver's like the shorter, like Jack dude. I'm the bigger guy, and then Reynolds was like the smooth, technical. And those two have been teaming for like 15 years, like since the very, very beginning. So they just have natural chemistry. They've been friends forever. I think uh, they would like, you know, Silver is another one where he kind of brings out this same energy that he has. He brings out in other people. So yeah, I, I love working with them. I love working with Uno too. We all had a good, a good dynamic, but sometimes uh, things have to change, whether it's some people think it's for the bad or the good. Uh, I think it's for the good. I think a lot think it's for the bad. I had fun working with those guys.
0: And speaking of having fun with guys, I know we touched on this in the first segment, but Roosh, Jose, Jolistico, like you being a part of LFI, it was one of those things where like I looked at it first going, "Ah, I don't know, like we got this white guy in a group who's like traditionally like very like Mexican. It just doesn't really make sense, but kind of understanding like where you came from. And like, I have a question about the suit thing, because every time like guys end up wearing suits, like, do you have... I know that some people are like, Oh, I love the excuse to buy a suit every week and whatnot. Like has your suit budget increased (laughs) since joining this group?
2: I mean, yeah, because before, before that it was zero. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm not a suit guy. I'm not a dress clothes guy. I don't like to wear sleeves even. No.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like 10 degrees and you're in
2: shorts. We've seen you. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) So like half the time uh, I tried to like, what else can I wear out there to be different? So I'll wear like the LFI cutoff shirt with black jeans and boots or like a, uh, just all black tank top. Like, cause I think like if I'm supposed to be like the quote unquote heater of the group, like I can get away with not wearing a suit and, and stuff. And, and then plus last time, uh, I think it was ring of honor taping. It was Roosh and Drillisico versus, I don't, I don't remember who, but I was on the outside and I picked up the opponent. And when I went Ben down to grab him, my whole ass ripped out of my suit. Oh, yeah. so I'm like, this is why I hate wearing suits. Cause they just don't <laughs> fit right. You know? So I'm like, now I'm out here, dude, the audience. I don't, I don't know if anyone saw this towards the end of the match, but I mean, the whole ass of my pants was just gone. I'm like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. So I got <laughs> to the back and I had Chris uh, sew it up. But no, my my suit budget hasn't. It's gone up, but I have two, uh, two or three. I'm not a big suit guy.
0: If it makes you feel any better, I've I've also ripped my pants on TV. So
1: <laughs> you guys got to invest in that stretch fabric, man. I tell you,
0: I I do. I have stretch fabric. <laughs> it was a very intense pin, and I'm standing directly in front of Billy Gunn, just like. I hope this isn't too bad. And he's like, I didn't notice. And I'm like, sure, you didn't. <laughs> sure, you didn't. It it's just one of those things like, he lied to me and he's going to stick to it. Go ahead, Alex.
1: Vince, <laughs> so let's talk about this insane match that you had with Moxley back in uh, February because it was bloody, it was brutal. And I really think that that's one of the matches that really put you on the map in terms of next level. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that match, what you felt about it going in and then how you felt afterwards. I was pretty nervous going in, but not that
2: nervous because Moxley's so good. Like So good. I mean, yeah. so good. He can like walk anybody through anything. And that that was my third time wrestling him anyways. And I never wrestled Claudio, but he's awesome. And it was kind of do whatever you want. So it's like just kinda of go out there and beat the shit out of each other, which like that's the style that I like and that's how Moxley likes too. So me and Moxley have really good chemistry against each other. Cause we both like, kind of like to hit and we don't care if it's, you know, if stuff is there and dangerous. So we didn't have like going out was pretty nervous. Cause I, we still were kind of unsure about some stuff like as our music was hitting. So me and Roosh are like, just go out there and just fight, which that's what we did. And it was fun. And obviously there's blood cause you know, it's a Moxley match. Mox loves it. <laughs> that was definitely my most favorite match to date. And like working with Claudio was awesome. Never worked with him before. He's another one. Nicest dude ever. Has a million dad jokes. I would love to do a whole, a whole thing with Mo- just Moxley though. Like like me and him do something because he's, he's so good. And like when you're in there with someone and you really feel like you have the chemistry and connect, like you know it right away. And that's how I feel with him. So
0: you'd mentioned in the, the first segment talking about Brody Lee with hockey. And I didn't know that you played hockey for a really long time. Yeah. Did you ever dream of like playing hockey professionally or was sort of wrestling always your direction?
2: I definitely wanted to to play hockey professionally and as a kid, you know, you have all these big dreams that you aspire and you don't realize how hard stuff really is. I'm
0: going to win the Stanley Cup and it's like, oh, that's actually really hard. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I started playing hockey when I was 8 and played all the way through high school. So, I played for like 12 years. Damn. And then, you know, thought about maybe trying to do it in college, but you know, when I got to a certain age, I knew I wasn't going to go to the NHL. So at least I was smart enough to realize that. So I'm just going to get my degree. But as a kid, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. I, I have, I wrote a whole essay when I was eight years old and everyone's putting like what they want to do. Like when they grow up, their dream job Maybe it was baseball player, football player, you know, whatever. And I said, I want to be a pro wrestler on TV. And I'm probably honestly the only kid in that whole class is actually doing that. But my mom still has my essay from when I was eight years old and I, and I wrote it. I want to be a pro wrestler on TV. So that's pretty cool. But I knew I, I knew I didn't uh, wasn't going to go to the NHL. So in college, I was in my senior year. I went to college for business. I went to business school. My dad owns an insurance agency, so I was going to take that over. In my senior year of, of college, I literally looked up every single pro wrestling school in, in the country, every single one. And for every you know good one, there's a hundred bad ones. So I'm researching, researching, researching. I finally find uh, the Monster Factory in New Jersey, which is where I met QT. So I graduate college. I'll go try to work for my dad for like a week. But I know I, I wanted to just already was in contact with him. So last day of college, I go work for my dad for maybe a week. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, no way. I want to try wrestling. If I don't make it or crash and burn, I'd rather know that I tried than get a good job right out of college and be miserable. So I missed my college graduation. My mom wasn't super happy about it.
0: No, of course not.
2: I, I packed up my uh, little black Mustang, packed up to New Jersey, put everything I could in there. I lived out of my car for like three weeks and I had enough money to buy like a George Foreman grill and a gym membership. And I was so embarrassed. I was like basically homeless. So I would go into the gym at like two, three in the morning because it's 24 hours and cook all my food in the bathroom, but it's probably pretty unsanitary. Now that you think about it and then, you know, do it. But I ended up getting a job doing personal training at that gym anyways. So it kind of worked out.
1: And then uh, I guess the rest is history. Listen, that takes a lot of uh, confidence in yourself. It takes a lot of guts. So I commend you for that. That's what an amazing story. Yeah. So once you started working at the Monster Factory, getting trained, did you start to work the independence and when did it kind of all finally click for you? So my first
2: year, I pretty much just worked at the Monster Factory and then I would do extra work for like WWE and stuff. I had a tryout scheduled for 2017. 2017. And I tore my ACL like right before it. Mm. So then I moved back home, um, lived with my parents and then was healed in nine months. And at this point, QD had opened the school in Atlanta. So he called me, Hey man, when you're cleared, if you want to move down here, you can you know, stay with me and your wife till you find a place, whatever. I'm like, okay. So I moved down there, get rolling again, start doing the indies like down in the Southeast and stuff. I did an NXT like, extra work or whatever, and did a dark match where you just get squashed, basically. So I'm like, whatever, nothing's going to come of this. And I get to the back and uh, one of the agents is like, hey, we never do this, but we want to offer you a tryout on the spot. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Wow. So they're like, our next tryout, I think it was, I want to say it's like two months away. There's like no spots open, but we're going to add a spot for you, whatever. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, you know, lightning strikes twice, I guess. So then this one starts coming up about, I'd say, three or four weeks before this one, I tear my other ACL. Oh. So, so now i'm like oh my god this is maybe this isn't for me you know i was depressed i was like how the fuck does this happen so i i didn't move home though i stayed in georgia and stayed at the school and like this was i just want to be around wrestling so like qt was a huge help he's been a huge help in my whole career from the very start i got healed and that's where i met cody was at qt school and he just had like i think he did, he maybe was going through a little bit of a rehab himself so we kind of met I was fully back and then he gave me like his whole rolodex of all the indies to work and he was at one point calling indie promoters to get me booked on cody was wow i didn't even know him at this point you know and i'm like damn that's awesome so he saw something in me then like i said when i did the one dark match here and then got signed the next week because of brody and then funny enough i don't know if if you guys remember but when i first started i had to come out in that brace in my arm. Yeah, because I tore my bicep. You're just tearing everything, man. (laughs) Literally, I tore my bicep three days after I uh, signed the contract here. So I remember calling Brody, like crying, like this dude just got me a job, and I just in my mind, I'm like, I'm for sure fired. And Brody's like, No, you'll be, you'll be good, man. You're young, you're Jack, you'll be fine. So then that's the one he, why he gave me his jacket to like cover up my arm and everything. And I actually have his jacket framed in my place. But uh, that's cool. I I had a pretty rough patch of, uh, I guess, bad luck. But now it's all working out.
0: I'd be a little afraid if I was your other bicep at this point, because I feel like you've hit every other limb. Right. I would protect the <laughs> fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that there's like habits or, you know, the things happen, but I'm just saying, you're an asshole. So maybe like the universe is going to end up coming at you.
2: I don't know. I've been, I, all that happened to me when I was good, though. So I don't know. I think oh, maybe. Oh, boy.
0: Ah, that's the true yeah. reason behind the heel turn. I get it. Yeah, it's fine. Fuck this guy. Anyway, we're talking to Preston Vance here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we got fan questions. I'm so excited. Aubrey and Alex here talking to formerly number 10, Preston Vance, El Peregros, Pero Peligroso. Sorry, fucked it up. Uh, much like you fucked up your relationship with a small child. Oh, <laughs> oh, you like that? That segue. Oh, that was
1: pretty good. I'll give that. I'll give that one to you. Yeah, pretty good. Was, All right. That was very good.
0: I got some fan questions today. Uh, first off, question from... I love this first one. Uh, first question from my best friend, Amanda Huber. Uh, How dare you?
1: With an <laughs> that's exclamation that's,
0: mark. That's just That's just the entirety of the question. That's
1: it. <laughs> a great question your response sir to
2: how dare you yeah oh god well here's the thing with little Brody he was like my little brother but sometimes I'm the little brother in, in real life so uh, sometimes brothers fight and most of the time the older brother wins wow it had to be done you know Ugh. little Brody just kind of turned into a punk oh to be honest
1: uh, he
0: was I mean I think he needed to be taught a lesson I mean he
2: was going back he was he was hitting people with kendo sticks like yes. no warning <laughs> <laughs> no warning. This is all a learning
1: lesson for him. I think, I'm, I think I'm doing him a favor. Wow. The things you learn here are unrestricted. Unbelievable. Ugh. I've got a question here for you, which is really cool. And I've got to break it down for you because it can be a little bit complex, but it's from AW Metrics, which is a great, uh, great account. Mm-hmm. I love this account. Yeah, this is fantastic. Does Preston know that is 10? He had exactly 10 wins and 10 losses in 2020. Also tell him, that he is the only AEW wrestler with more than twenty singles, twenty tag, and twenty trios wins. Well, I, how does that make you feel? I I didn't know the first one. That's pretty
2: weird. The second one I did know, and I'll tell you how I found out. My mom actually, because she <laughs> loves to bandy search me on Twitter, which I tell her please don't, don't, and she like sent me that stat, and she's like, I saw the tweet, and I. I just had her feeling I knew this was you. And I'm like, oh, my God, mom, please stop.
1: <laughs> please stop searching me. That's fantastic. Mom, she got to love them.
0: I, I have a follow up question. Is there anything that your mom has found on Twitter that you're like particularly embarrassed about?
1: Mm. Oh, man. Besides embarrassing a 10 year old? Like a thirst
0: trap or something? <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, she knows how I am. So I think she's
2: everything that happens. She's kind of expected.
0: Not really surprised by anything. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Got a question from Rachel Hart. You kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I want to kind of dig into it deeper. Rachel asks, uh, since LFI is so tight knit, especially with Roosh and Jalistico being brothers, what's it like fitting into the dynamic there? And how has the identity changed with the addition of you?
2: Honestly, it was, Roosh is so easy to get along with. So me and him, it was easy to fit in. So his brother's English is like basically non-existent. Like he really speaks like no English at all. Mm -hmm. But wrestling is such a universal language. Like you can kind of pick up on what people are, even if it's not even wrestling based, Just in the locker room. Like his brother seems like we don't really communicate talking, but we have like these little taunts we do to each other. One is this, like a strip club thing. (laughs) (laughs) This makes all the
0: sense in the world.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was great. Great work with them. Like I said, Jose has been a huge help just, he, I mean, he speaks very fluent English and Spanish, like perfect. But fitting in with them has been awesome. Like, I, I love working with Rouge. He's funny, and it, it, it makes it funnier that his English isn't great because he still doesn't pick up on some things you're saying. He cracks me up. He, he, cracks up the whole locker room. He's, he's a funny guy. So it was easy to fit in with them. But at first, I was like you, where I was like, man, I don't know if this makes sense at all, being, you know, the white guy in this Mexican faction, uh, and I don't know how they're gonna really reciprocate to me because Andrade is kind of the one who pulled the plug to get me in there. And now it's like, he's not there. Now Roosh is there. And I'm like, oh God, if you see Roosh like wrestling, you're like, this guy's nuts. And then backstage, you're like, oh my God. Okay. never mind. Fitting him in with them was awesome though. So I'm,
1: ha- I'm having fun. Uh, I got a really great question here from Phoenix, not hey Phoenix. Just oh, want to okay. make sure to clarify that the question would be completely different if that was the case. Uh, so <laughs> Phoenix has a great question. In your time at AEW, you've worked with the Dark Order and LFI. Uh, what is something that you've learned with working with both groups that you are taking with your wrestling moving forward? So the first one with Dark
2: Order was, I guess, the clear answer is learning how to work in a mask because mm-hmm. I never did it before. So and then if I ever have to do it again, I, I'll it will be way easier than the first time. Working with LFI, I guess the other clear answer is to understand how to call stuff either basically how to talk to someone you don't know a language, Mm -hmm. you know, so not even that I'm learning Spanish, but knowing how to communicate with Roosh, whether it's backstage or in the ring without having to actually communicate with him, which I think are both super helpful, especially in wrestling, you know, because you might have to wear a mask and, you know, there's so many different backgrounds in wrestling from different demographics and stuff. So honestly, I've learned so much working with LFI just off of them speaking a totally different language than me.
0: Uh, are you formally learning Spanish or are you just picking it up from the boys? Just
1: picking it up from the boys. So I think some of the words I learned probably not appropriate. But I was going to say 99% of what you know <laughs> is inappropriate. I'm positive that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like my English too, though. So I guess it, it all works out. And you're fine. You're balanced.
0: <laughs> I, I actually started learning Spanish just because I ended up working with Ruth so much. And I'm like, I, I got to know what the hell this guy's saying. saying. Yeah. And now it's like really funny trying to like listen to him try out English words when he's like, okay, that's not quite right, man. But like you're, you're getting it. yeah. And like, you end up hanging out with them, even if you're learning Spanish and you're like, oh, I don't know this kind of Spanish. Cause they're like throwing in slang and then there's occasional like Spanglish thrown in there. And it's just like, I commend you if you're learning it that way. Cause it's like, oh God, this is, this is wild. But I mean, both those guys are, are great. I know that. Yeah, Justico came up to me and he's like, uh, "Como se dice feliz cumpleaños?" And I'm like, "Happy birthday!" Like yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. Like both those guys, friggin' awesome. Yeah. This is something we haven't touched on at all, and I'm actually excited to. Question from Allie: I want to know how Vance keeps positive about his hospital visits because you actually suffer from Crohn's disease.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I know rare times. Uh, Ali says she's uh, highly anemic. It sucks, especially if you need a fusion. So, can you talk about that a little bit, especially in the context of wrestling? Like, this is wild.
2: Yeah. So, when I was younger, I was sick a lot, and I didn't know why. And then uh, I got diagnosed when I was ten years old with it, and you know that's pretty young. So they're trying out all these different drugs and stuff on me, and uh, nothing's really helping that much. And then when I turned sixteen, they're like, "Okay, stop taking all these. Th- stop taking all the pills. Whatever. We're gonna put you on like an infusion." You only have to go do it six times a year. So, like, every two months you do it. At one point, I was taking, like, 14 pills a day. Ooh. And as a kid, I'm like, this sucks, you know?
1: Yeah, It like, really
2: sucks. Uh, So, I was like, yes, please. Like, I want to do that because then I don't have to remember, you know, just go there, sit there for two hours with the IV in you and you're fine. Ever since that, I literally haven't been sick in probably, like, 13 years. Wow. it's awesome. It's been, like, the miracle drug. Like, my doctor calls him, like, his miracle patient. He's like, dude, you have no... Like, you don't even have, like, signs of the disease anymore. He's like, it's crazy. But he said, like, working out helps a ton. He said if he could prescribe one pill or anything to his patients, it'd be the equivalent of working out every day.
1: Wow. Mm.
2: It honestly was one of the things I wanted to... That got me into wrestling. As a kid, I I would look for athletes who have this, you know, to try to, like, almost get inspiration for them or look up to them. So a lot of people, when they're on this big of a platform, like, you can use that platform for something good like that you know it's like if some kid has this and wants to be a pro wrestler it's like yeah you can do it honestly for me it's been pretty easy to stay positive i don't know i just try to be a positive person no matter what i guess and try to not take stuff too serious because i always think too like you know people out there someone always has it way worse
0: oh always yeah I like the idea of you creating like a form of representation because of this. Like, yeah, it's not something that like I would have thought about because it's not something that like I suffer from. Sure, but yeah, no, it's it's dope. I know Kyle O'Reilly does the same thing with diabetes. Like, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. like really awesome. Yeah, especially considering that like I know that you eat way too much fast food. So <laughs> to know that you <laughs> haven't been sick despite your diet being absolute shit. So like, so like, what do you like? How often do you eat McDonald's? I gotta know.
2: So in college it was like a lot. Now it's yeah. now it's not as much. I do Uber Eats a ton of food. Like I looked at my Uber Eats bill and it's disgusting. But I try to order kind of like not I try to stay away from fast food lately. But I McDonald's is probably my favorite restaurant in the whole
1: world. I love it. What what does your diet consist of? Like what are you eating? <sighs> Anything that's in front of me pretty much. Great metabolism. Yeah. Well, uh, I got a question here from Cult Revolve, which is pretty cool. What are some of your favorite games, either right now or all time? And is there anything new coming out that you're excited about? So I'm really not a big video game guy.
2: I was as a kid. Growing up, I think my favorite was probably Guitar Hero. And I was good at it. Yeah. Like good, like expert everything. Like they shredded on it. And I felt so cool. And I don't know how to play any instruments for real. But Guitar Hero was awesome. I love all sports games it's huge. I just love sports in general, like Madden, um, NHL in college. We play NHL for like my roommates forever. Obviously the, all the wrestling games we'd play a ton in college. We would get a keg and then we would do it like a six man ladder match. And they would last for so long, but we had this a whole list of like the, the rules they made up drinking games for it and everything. And like, if the guy falls off the ladder, you have to take the drink. Like, I don't know. It was fun, but <laughs> oh my God. And then we did a, Mario Kart, we we did a lot, which we, we did this thing in Mario Kart where you had to finish your drink before you could finish the race. So either as soon as the race starts, you chug your drink and then you go, or as you're driving, you have to pull over and drink and then go back and start. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do like the responsibility of pulling off to the side of the road to have your drink <laughs> yeah. and then pulling back on. Yeah. What is, what is your Mario Kart of choice? Because I know like there's there's a lot of very strong opinions about which Mario Kart is the best.
2: I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this, but I honestly am a Princess Peach a lot,
0: dude. I support it.
1: Yeah, don't hate on Peach.
0: Don't hate on Peach. Uh, she's a badass, man. I don't know if you've seen the new Mario movie, but she's a badass. I
1: haven't, but I heard it's awesome.
0: Oh my god, it's so much fun.
1: Yeah, I hear it's, I
2: hear it's really good.
0: I think you walk into video game movies expecting them to be total shit. Yeah, of course. When they're actually good, you're just like, oh my god! Like Sonic Hedgehog movie was like, oh, this is decent. Like this is this is pretty great. Uh, got a question from Michelle seventy eight. It's actually really great because I know like what the TNT title means to AEW and especially guys from the Dark Order. Uh, Are you ever going to open like like answer an open challenge for the TNT title? Like, is that the title that you sort of want to win at AEW?
2: Yeah, I've, I've said this on on multiple interviews before. Like that title, I want to win more than any other title by far, mm. just because it does represent something
1: that's like real and close to me TNT title is my number one goal in aew that makes a lot of sense so i think it's time that we move into some uh rapid fire questions aubrey what do you think Mm. rapid fire i like it i like it so maggie wants to know i'm a bartender what's your favorite drink oh tito soda lime easy there you go easy trish morse favorite show to binge uh office Oh uh, You forgot the second part of that question though. This is equally as good, Aubrey. Uh, what's your go to what's your go to karaoke song? Ooh. Probably uh
2: Friends in Low Places, Garth Brooks. Oh my god. Do you hang out with the guns? I think Austin's about to walk in my door any second right now. He's been over all weekend and now he's <laughs> He's been here since Friday. I don't know if he's moving in or what. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: friends in low places is like him and his brothers go to karaoke songs. So I'm just like, okay. Yeah,
2: we we actually sang it in the locker room the past two weeks with Jake Hager. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, a new boy band.
0: <laughs> okay. Now th- next question. Joe asks: Bucky's Wawa or Sheets?
2: Great question. Bucky's one. Wawa two. Sheets last. Oh, okay.
1: There we go. All right. Jamerson three fifteen. What's your favorite Mexican Tex Mex? Or Cali Mex dish. Taco Bell. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Any
2: sort of burrito, really. Any kind. Any kind. I love burrito. Breakfast burritos. Burrito's one of my favorite foods. I don't care what's in it. Yeah, you can never go wrong. I, I support this.
0: You can't fuck up a burrito, man. No, you
2: just throw everything in it and wrap That's it up. That's it. It's awesome.
0: It's so great. It's so simple and so wonderful yeah. and just uh, such such a great food. Morning, item.
1: noon, and night. Yeah, exactly. You really can. I could.
0: mean, breakfast burrito. Lunch burrito, yeah. dessert burrito,
1: dessert yeah. burrito. Yeah, I mean,
0: you just throw some like butter and some cinnamon sugar in a tortilla. Yeah. Like, does that count?
2: I think
1: so. Yeah, if you wrap it up, it's a burrito, right? You can That's put, like, true.
0: Nutella in there? I don't know. Yeah,
1: Nutella. There you go. Oh man, strawberry okay. bananas. Oh, all right, exactly. We're on a tangent.
0: Making me hungry. Haven't had breakfast yet. Okay, <laughs> I know. I know that. I think forever and ever, you're going to be an asshole in in all of our hearts. But yeah. I, my, my opinions changed a little bit on this podcast. So I guess thanks for being here today and being a decent human being to maybe <laughs> maybe not piss off so many people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I tried.
0: Yeah, this was awesome, man. Thank you for being here today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You can follow Preston Vance on Instagram and Twitter at press 1010 Vance course you can follow and listen to this podcast new episodes every thursday video episodes on monday just go to youtube search aew unrestricted you can listen to the podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms apple spotify wherever it is you get them you can watch dynamite tbs rampage tnt dark and dark elevation tuesdays and mondays respectively on youtube i am aubrey edwards with my guest co-host alex everjentz thank you so much for listening to aew
1: unrestricted come on throw your hands up. let me see you unrestricted got the house now we gon' turn it up up bring the house down got that big space pump and make them bounce now bouncing like they bouncing and the freaks are coming out now